Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. And I can't get it out of my head. Cause I won't use discretion when I'm talking about obsession. Cause this is what makes me me. And I'm glad that I called ya. I'm talking about nostalgia. And this is where I wanna be. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Gimme Podcast. I'm your host and resident horse girl. <laughs> I am here. I'm here with uh, actually my first friend in comedy, probably. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't started talking already. <laughs> and um, a very good friend of mine. He's also been in the Midwest Queer Comedy Festival. Um, he usually runs a show at Club Cafe when we're not in the midst of a pandemic. We have on the lovely Corey Saunders today. Hi, Corey. Hi. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to see your face. It's been too long. It's been like a week. Well, no, I haven't seen, I, we've talked, but I haven't seen your face. And actually, your hair looks really cute today. I got a haircut. Oh, that's what it is. You go, girl. I chopped a bunch of it off, and in the midst of my haircut, my hairdresser was like, my entire family has COVID. Uh, and did you explain that that was like a problem? I was like, maybe you shouldn't be at work. And she's like, oh, no, 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 like a while ago. And then she was like, actually, recently, my sister. And I was like. There's a lot to unpack there. So I might need to quarantine for 14 days. Yeah, we, we might want to revisit that. Yeah, yeah. But how have you been doing? I mean, in the midst of the pandemic, you've like gotten a new job. You've like been doing a lot of, uh, I feel like you've been doing a lot of other stuff too. Yeah, I'm just like living my best life right now, right? Like I'm working a ton, obviously, um, because it's me and I'm a workaholic. Um, but I've been trying to like write a lot and work on new stuff. And um, I've actually been doing this like thing that like a lot of the funny people do called like the Twitter the Twitter. I've yeah, it's like super fun. You write like little jokes and people like share them and they like like them. Oh my God. This is I'm obsessed. This is like a thing, I think. It's the new frontier. Oh my God. You've also been talking about your uh, personal life drama on some live stream shows, right? Oh my God. Yeah. So I was on, so our good friend, Kathy Ferris, who's been so good to both of us, runs her own show on the comedy studios live stream called Ferris and Friends. And she'll like bring on people she likes and new people and veterans and all kinds of stuff. And we actually did a show last week where we just unpacked my messy social media presence. And she's just like, pick like a bunch of like crazy posts so we can talk about them. And we talked about the time I was like a queer hungover science icon in my meteorology class. So here's, here's the deal because everything in my life is a story. So I took this meteorology class. I went to Framingham State, which is the college in my hometown because I'm a townie and I never leave. And it was taught by like this guy who was like the freelance weekend meteorologist at one of the local stations. Okay. And he thought he was like God's gift to meteorology. And I was like, all right, slow down. You have like a weird haircut. But he... Yeah, it wasn't good. And he kind of looks like a lizard. You know, like when you see a person, you're like, oh, you're- Lizard you're people, like yes, yeah. yes. So there would be all these girls that would like drop his class like every semester. I heard all these horror stories because our, our school was like 70, 30, like female to male anyway. Oh, wow. But, yeah, for, well, because it's a big teaching school. So they attracted like a lot of like more women than like a lot of other schools maybe. Sure. 
And um, he was so mean to them that they drop his class that I wasn't going to put up with that shit. And because I'm petty, I was just like, I'm going to do the bare minimum and see how it goes. And he pulls me aside one day before I have to like present. And he's like, listen, I know you like to like have fun and be funny and crack jokes, but I need you to take this seriously. I'm like, oh, my bootleg meteorology presentation at Framingham State College, okay. Um, so I would always come to class hungover. And one day in particular, I didn't do the reading because my job at the local movie theater and drinking took um, precedent. And um, I, I think we need to put a pin in this and say it's a movie theater slash furniture store. Yes, that's true. And those of you in Massachusetts know where, exactly where I'm talking about. Um, I had to give up Mardi Gras beads to work in a movie theater for a living. Um, but I walked into class and I was hungover as shit. And he used to love to use the Socratic method to like test people and see if they did the reading. And I walk in with an iced coffee because I'm awful. And he's like, my brand has not changed in 12 years. And, um, the first time I met you, you walked in with an iced coffee. Yeah, that checks out. Um, but he, I walk into class and he's like, all right, Mr. Light, can you tell me what happens in the atmosphere when there's a storm brewing? And I'm a quick thinker. I'm very good on my feet, which is a little scary for some people. And the mental associations I made in my brain were oh, well, I know what happens in the atmosphere because I remember the opening lyrics to It's Raining Men. Oh, my God. So I say in a sing-songy voice, the humidity's rising and the barometer's getting low. And he's, like, just looking at me like, I want to be pissed and I want to reprimand you, but I can't because you're right. That's so funny. It just, like these things only happen to me I swear to god I had another class in that school in another building it was a Spanish class and of course I was late again and the second like my feet crossed the threshold of the door the fire alarm just went off and oh, I made no. this face like like I just like I was a blow-up doll like and there were these like girls who like were native, like it was a Spanish class, I was a Spanish minor. And these girls who were like native speakers so I was friends with them like, oh, eres tan caliente. Yeah, there was oh, a lot. Oh God. Well, I brought you on this podcast to talk about your obsession. And when I originally, okay, so here's the thing though. When I originally messaged you about this, you, you said the Brave Little Toaster and you said cartoons. And then I was immediately surprised because I specifically remember us having a conversation about, um, Z was it Xena, the war warrior princess? Was that not you? That was not me. No, 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 no. It was definitely you. No, I'd never watched that show. Oh my God, I swear to God, I was like at Margarita's in Framingham. And in the words of Mariah <gasps> Oh my God. I, I don't just, know her. Oh my God, I realized I just confused my two gay friends. <laughs> Oh, is Dylan into Xena? That so checks out. <laughs> I'm such a bad person. I mean, it's fine. We're all the same, us gay, so. No, I, I just pulled a Janet McNamara on you. <laughs> Where she confused the two of us. For, for, for those like, of you out there like in radio um, my friend Dylan and I, we don't look that similar. I don't think I'm definitely You guys don't like, look similar at all. No, I, I'm like shorter and larger than he is. And then we just have like brown hair and brown eyes and we're both gay and white. And poor Janet confused us like twice. She came up to me at Dylan's show one day. I was like, thank you so much for the stage. I was like, I didn't give it to you. That's not a thing that happened. Oh God, I can't believe I just confused. I've never done, oh, 
fuck my life, man. You're a homophobe. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, so I do want to talk about the Brave Little Toaster first, though, before we talk about cartoons, because I find this obsession very comical because this is not like a traditional Disney movie or traditional in any sense of the word. So I need to know how you got into this movie from the 80s, mind you. Well, you know, in 87, I was born in 89. So it's not like super far off. But so when when I was young, like in the early 90s, so like, again, I was born in 89. You know, I was very young in the 90s. My mom worked at a grocery store at the time. Like that's how she and my dad met. Yeah. And I don't know, because I can't remember. I don't know if she worked in the video section. Like she transferred there for a while because they used to have like a blockbuster kind of thing within the grocery store. Wait, what um, chain was this? I'm pretty sure it was Purity at the time. I've never, okay, interesting. So, well, Purity, like, got absorbed by, like, Stop a Shop. She, like, growing up, because my mother's from Boston, was always, when I worked at Purity, when I worked at Hotland, because Heartland was, like, another grocery store chain around here, um, but they had, like, their own video rental system, or store, rather, within the store, and so she would either get, like, a discount or first dibs on these videos, so whenever there was, like, a new Disney movie or something, she'd bring it home, but one day, like, my grandmother, her mother used to, like, babysit us, and she'd have all these VHS tapes. She had, like, I remember this rack just full of tapes, like, uh, taller than I was at the time. It was a big-ass rack of tapes, because they thought they were bougie, I guess, and, um, my grandmother put this on one day and I was fascinated by this movie and kept asking to watch it again and again and again and again. And it would always be, oh, we're watching the Brave Little Toaster again. Well, okay. So first off, we need to talk about, for those of our listeners who haven't seen the Brave Little Toaster, the plot of the Brave Little Toaster. Oh, we need to get into this. So first of all, it, while it was released by Disney, like Disney bought the rights, like it's an indie flick, like Disney didn't produce it. And it's or, also like, it's a British, it's not even like a full American flick. Right. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a kind of mismatch there that I don't really entirely understand. But the plot is there are these appliances. There's a toaster who's the leader of the group, a radio, an electric blanket, a vacuum, and a lamp. And now all the appliances are named after what they are, except for the vacuum whose name is Kirby. Kirby. Okay. <laughs> like I looked this up before and I was like, okay, there's Lampy. I remember Lampy. Kirby. Like what the... Yeah, one of these things is not like the other. Um, and he's like the grump of the group, but he has like the most fun name. Yeah, I um, don't get it. <laughs> but so like, it, this movie is so like, it feels like it should be a kid's movie, but then you watch it and it's not because it's about these appliances and they're sad that they're, they're they call him their master, by the way. Which, which is like some low-key BDSM bullshit. Yeah, it's like, it just felt like dirty. Like I was re-watching this as an adult and I was like, Oh, the the blanket saying that kind of kinky, like that's yeah. a lot. It is weird. And isn't the master like a teen? Like he's so not So he's like a freshman in college. He's trying to furnish his dorm room with his like girlfriend who's like kind of annoying. And um it's just so funny because they you know, these these appliances miss their master and they're like, well, he needs us. I bet he needs us. And in the opening scene, they're like singing and dancing and doing like appliance things, I guess. And, and then the air conditioner has a fit and falls into it and explodes. Oh my God, I don't even remember that. It, it's like the first 15 minutes of the movie, the air conditioner's like, you guys are wrong. He doesn't, he's not coming back for us. And just explodes. 
and it's like a lot. But so then these appliances who have their own like free will, they're not inanimate objects. They decide they're going to go find their master in the city because they live at like his family's cottage in the woods. Yeah. So they go on this adventure with like a rolly chair with a battery strapped to it. And they go through the woods. They traverse a waterfall. They end up like getting swept away by a river. They end up in like an appliance shop for some reason, which like I rewatched this part last night and they end up in this appliance shop and the guy's just like harvesting them for parts. And it's like, like a Frankenstein kind of like scary thing. And they have this musical number where like the lyrics are so terrifying because the the appliances are facing their doom right and it, the yeah. whole thing is musical and the other appliances are like kind of like closing in on them and the our heroes if you will are all like on this chair together and they're like there goes the sun there goes <laughs> the sun and they're like they're talking about like how the lights like coming in on them and they want someone to like turn on the lamp and they're like somebody tell me that fate has been kind and i'm just like they're preparing for their imminent death right now looking back i just don't know how this movie was like a children's movie it's so dark it feels so dark talking about it i read an interview on that where like it was one of the people who was like in charge i don't know if he was like a creator or what but said that was really more geared towards like teens and young adults because it kind of has that like nostalgia factor right where like it's this you know 18 19 year old kid who's going off to college for the first time and his um you know appliances have an unhealthy attachment to him which i've never really quite figured out because they're yeah they're appliances it, don't feel judged when I say this, but it feels like a knockoff version of Toy Story. Well, it came before Toy Story, though. I know. So, like, then you're like, oh, what did the creators of Toy Story, like, loosely base any aspects of this? Well, I guess of? some of the people who were on the team for this movie were part of, like, the early Pixar team. That makes sense. Yeah. So, the more you know. Yeah, um, but it's just like the you're you're absolutely right about it being dark. There's like there's one scene, and whenever I, I watch this as an adult, I'm just like, what's happening? Where they're taking shelter in the woods, and the electric blanket is like covering them as a tent because yeah, he's I guess taking one for the team, <laughs> taking one for the team as electric blankets do, you know, electric blankets out in the rain. That's good, and um. The toaster has a nightmare where he's just like making some toast and the master is a little kid and he like eats a piece of toast and he's so happy but then he leaves another piece of toast in the toaster and the toaster starts smoking smoke comes out and takes the kid away and the toaster is just left to the mercy of a firefighter clown which sprays water at the toaster and the water turns into forks And then the forks start coming after the toaster. And then next thing the toaster knows, the toaster is hanging from a shower rock over a full tub and falls in. And the second it hits the water, he wakes up. The thing is with movies like this and with parents from the 90s, or like the 80s and 90s, I feel like they just see something's animated and they're just like, oh, my seven-year-old can watch this. And they don't read. It's like Watership Down. There's so many kids that have been like, like have bad, bad experiences because that movie isn't an adult movie that's animated. 
Yeah, it, well, and that's the thing is that the, the language isn't that offensive, so it wouldn't, you know, for it's reading guys, like it would be like a GPG these days, probably more like PG. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's so funny because the, there's you, as you watch it as an adult, you realize that it was more geared towards adults. Like they'll have like little celebrity references in there. Like one of one of the appliances in the appliance shop, the scary appliance shop is like a lamp with like a razor in it because like it's just a okay. mishmash like hodgepodge of like weird appliance parts and it has Joan Rivers voice this is not surprising and it's like oh what am I what am I and I, I can't I can't do a Joan Rivers impression on a good day let alone when I have a sore throat yeah um, so please forgive me but I was I was watching I was like was that was that Joan hey girl I do think that in animated movies, sometimes they try to, like, put in a couple things for adult viewers. Like in Toy Story, because there was always one joke in Toy Story that, like, sticks in my mind, because, of course, it does. But, like, I didn't get it when I was a kid, and it was in the first Toy Story when, you know, Woody's all pissed about Buzz Lightyear's existence, and Mr. Potato Head turns to the T-Rex and goes, oh, he has laser envy. Oh, yeah. And I remember being a kid and asking my mom, what's laser envy? And she was like, oh, nothing. <laughs> okay, so what about The Brave Little Toaster? Why were you so obsessed with this movie as a kid? So I fixate on weird things. Like, I'll get into, like, I'll be into a show. Like, even as an adult, I'll be into a show or a movie, like, I'll, like a ton. And I just have to, like, yeah. it's comforting. I watch it over and over. Like, these days, it's probably Ally McBeal um, showing my age. But um, I, I would just ask as a kid to watch this over and over because I was so fascinated. I'm like, look at them. They're on an adventure. They're having a great time. And um, it meant Nana could nap in the afternoon. So Oh, yeah. So it was, like, good timing because they could just, like, sit you in front of the TV. Yeah, exactly. That's that's how all 90s kids were parented in front of the television. I mean, I was parented partially in front of the television. Um, yeah, that's, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. I'm thinking that there are like other ch childhood movies that are very similar. I, there's some movie with rats that I can't remember the name of that's very similar. That was around the same time. Um, oh, um... The Rat Escape or The Great Escape or something. Bible? No, maybe, I don't know. There's so many of these movies that I forget existed because they're not like the standard Disney brand movies that keep getting recreated. Yeah, they were kind of like bootleg movies that like you watch once. Yeah, and then I'm thinking to myself like The Brave Little Toaster, I had to have watched like several times, but I didn't even remember it until you brought it up recently. Cause I think you like tweeted about it or something. Yeah. Cause like I was scrolling through and I was just like, I don't even remember where I saw it online, but I saw it and I was like, Oh my God, I used to love that movie. And then I started like kind of watching clips from it. And I was like, does anyone else know this movie or was that a fever dream I had? <laughs> and it really it is on either way. Cause the thing is, is like of everything that is in your house, like to think that appliances are like, I miss the person that uses me all the time. Well, like and to think wild. that an air conditioner could throw a better hissy fit than I can. Yeah. Okay, so I have to ask, um, of all the characters on Brave Little Toaster, is there one that resonates the most with you? So I always love the toaster, not to be like, the toaster is the main character, but the toaster is very obviously a cancer. So we have the same sign. We're both like the mother. Oh my friend. God, me too. <laughs> we're all cancers. Oh, we're birthday buddies, Kathleen. Uh, yeah. Kathleen and I had the same birthday. I'm just two years earlier. I was here first. 
Yeah, uh, one time, Corey. Ah! I, mm, this I'm is so funny. I'm still bitter about this. One time we went out to, well, I got to the dinner first with one of our friends. Yeah, it was my 29th birthday, so it would have been two years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. and um, the woman, like, checked my ID and didn't say anything about it, and then, like, you showed up, I don't know, like, 20 or 30 minutes later, and she checked your ID, and she was like, oh my god, happy birthday! But that was, like, the most Kathleen thing to happen, because, like, I just feel like your life is, you're just, like, the friend in every comedy, the one who kind of gets, like, like, I'm trying to, like, do you know, did you ever watch the Amanda show, for example? Yes. Remember, so remember when they used to do that Moody's Point, that Dawson's Creek parody? Yeah. Like, you were the You're So Hurtful girl. Oh, man. Like, right, a little bit? A little bit. You might be right a little bit. But I, I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, like, that would happen. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, this, it's exciting on your birthday to have somebody wish you a happy birthday, but clearly, like, not me. What? I'm not bitter about it. Don't worry. Yeah, that waitress had it in for you. She's like, I don't care about her birthday. Let's say happy birthday to this husky gay guy instead. Oh my god. So I have to know, do you still have, like, I feel like your family probably still, because you've lived in the same house for your whole life, right? Basically. So like, does your family still have this like VHS collection, I'm assuming? It's under the stairs. It's under and the I've, stairs. I've not gone in there to pick it out because I'm scared of what No, don't do it. There. Don't do it. I know that my old TV is in there, um, but I don't know what else is there. I think there are probably, like, Pokemon cards under there and, like, other, like, random stuff I would never look at again. I forgot that you were also, like, a big Pokemon fan. Yeah, and you still that, are. Well, that was... I wouldn't say, like, still... Like, I play Go. You play Pokemon Go. Um, but like, yeah, when I was a kid, that was like our shit. Like we did the cards, we did the games. Like I would go over like my best friend's house and we'd trade and we'd play. And like, we, it was so much fun. We had a great time. I could watch the cartoons for hours. Did I ever tell you that I got banned from bringing my Pokemon cards to school? No, but that totally checks out. Because I was giving good cards to my crushes. Uh, uh. <laughs> on the playground and um I, my mom would be like where did all these cards go that we bought you and I'm like I gave one to you know Tom or Patrick or Jose Robbie or whatever today in his parka I gave him my Charizard basically <laughs> I think I, I think I gave away like a Pikachu card and it was like devastating anyway but you know what that's that was your first lesson in love love is devastating Love is giving up something you care about so much for a man to hurt you. I think I learned that lesson earlier than that, to be honest. <laughs> like, I think I learned that lesson when I went to this kid. Ryan had a uh, a birthday party that was, oh my God, it was like um, Flintstones themed. No. And we all like got outfits that were matching. We all had these like zebra these like zebra and cheetah print like it looks like we were cavemen and oh no yeah that's when i too much time they weren't even that rich Corey. they lived in sudbury they were doing fine they were on like the line that line of sudbury and no they were in sudbury you're right yeah yeah they're fine but anyway, they wore bougie ass costumes for their kids. Birthday. No, they were like you could tell that they like went to Joanne's and they like ripped up some cheap ass <laughs> stuff, and they're like, "All right, everybody, wear these togas." It was basically like my first toga party. Oh, that's creepy. Actually, my only toga party. 
<laughs> the only ever like themed birthday party my family ever did was for whatever reason like when I was in second grade my birthday was in summer so which you know how it goes like it's tough to like have people around especially when your birthday is fourth of July weekend yeah it's um, hard it sucks but like my my two like good friends from second grade were like around so they came over and my grandmother hired a magician oh my god yeah it was a lot for for you and your two friends yeah and like my brothers and so like it was just like a few of us and he I, I'll never forget he was up he was up in the dining room in my parents house just like doing tricks and we were like um I know we're like off topic but I have to mention that one time we had I don't know if it was my birthday or my brother's birthday we had like an animal person come in with like I don't know like snakes and lizards and like all that and like hedgehogs and stuff and I don't know if you know this about me but we had birds as a kid like we were like bird people that explains so much yeah, we were bird people. And this woman was like, oh, do you need somebody to clip your bird's wings? What? Because that's a thing that like domesticated birds have to go in. And you know how you take a dog in to get a haircut? You yeah. like take your bird in like every few months to get its wings clipped. And my mom was like, oh, sure, like whatever. So there was a live wing clipping demonstration at this birthday party. And the, the bird did not like it, Corey. It was not, I was like scarred. Okay, can I ask, because first of all, that's traumatizing and I need to get away from it. But second, what is it with having birds in a house? Because they can't be like flying around because they'll shit everywhere. But I, I, I used to like, I use the term date loosely. This guy that I affectionately called skater boy because he was a skater boy and he said, see you later boy. Um, he dumped me. Um, but he, so he was younger and like I was younger and it was when I was working in Providence. So this was like a couple years when I was out of college and he was like younger than me. He was probably like 21. So like 23, 21. Um, but he would sneak me over his like folks place when they weren't around. And the first time I went, he was like, oh, and these are our birds. And they just had like a room they, they lived in like a nice ass house in Cranston, yeah. which like Cranston has like a bougie side. And it was just a room full of birds. And they were in cages, but there were just so many birds. And I was like, what do you do with all these birds? You can't pet them. They're just gonna squawk. Some of them talk. I don't need my birds repeating what I say. Do you know how many swearing birds there would be if they listened to me? There was um, a news article recently about a zoo in Brit- in somewhere in uh, England where they had to separate four birds because it was a kid's section of the zoo and they all started swearing because they were all donated birds and so they were all like saying fuck <laughs> around the kids so they had to like retrain them to not swear <laughs> i see that and i raise you oh no my favorite story i have ever covered in my life as a journalist was in providence i was scrolling through the newspapers one day and there was this thing in the warwick beacon warwick's like two towns south of providence and there was this fight in a neighborhood over a swearing cockatoo. Oh my God. And I guess what had happened, what had happened was this husband and wife, they like split up, they divorced. But the wife didn't want to like not live in the neighborhood where they lived because it was like on the water and it was nice. So she moved into like the house across the street. Oh God. And the husband got a new girlfriend the wife got a cockatoo 
Oh, and shit. whenever the ex, the, the new girlfriend would walk by the ex-wife's house, the cockatoo would be in the window and it would just say, fucking whore, fucking whore, over and over and over. And I wouldn't have believed it had I not seen the video of the cockatoo going, fucking whore, Oh my whore. God. Yeah. And like, it got to a point where like, the wife painted a mural of the cockatoo on the side of the house facing the husband's house. Wow. And then like, they went to court over it and the city charged the wife with like a noise ordinance complaint and like made her pay $15. And then she appealed the fine because she didn't have $15 lying around apparently. But she, she had an expensive ass cockatoo right exactly and then like a few like a few months later i was in the newsroom and one of the reporters was running in she's like i just got this police report you're not gonna believe this the girlfriend stalked the ex-wife down the cape like and confronted her in like the parking lot of a job lot and they almost got into a fight that's the most new england thing i've ever heard i loved it it was amazing it was just a story that kept on oh my god it had everything it had jealous lovers it had swearing animals it had pettiness that's like it it was like an episode of catfish that reminds me of um that bill Hader bit where he's like this is the hottest club in new york it has, yeah, the Stefan. It has swearing animals, jealous exes, and a walk. The hottest club is Warwick, Rhode Island. <laughs> oh man, well, we have we have like gone fully off the rails from uh, Brave Little Toaster here. But you know what? I, or have we come full circle? I mean, I think we've come full circle. I still don't understand why they're calling this kid the master why why don't they doesn't he have a name yeah but i don't know if we learn it it is just really weird to me i feel like the girlfriend always calls him babe because there's the ending scene where they're in the junkyard she's just like pulling parts off a car because she's like butch or something Mm -hmm. i mean good for her like but she's like oh she's like grabbing like what's the the grill she's grabbing the grill on her And then, like, the kid, he gets, like, crushed under these parts trying to save the toaster from the compactor belt. That's and, right, the compactor belt. That's... And he's about to, like, meet his doom. And the girlfriend's just like, babe, get down from there. You're stupid. And the toaster jumps from, like, this high pile of cars and just sacrifices itself and goes crashing into the gears of the machine. You just see it get, like, mangled up and oh destroyed. And the next scene's, like, they're in the apartment. All the appliances are happy except for the toaster. So you're like, oh, is the toaster dead? And then they, like, pan over, and the kid's just, like, casually fixing the toaster. And the toaster looks so busted. And the girlfriend's like, you should just get a new one. And he's like, you can't get toasters like this anymore. And then all of a sudden, the toaster's fine. It is just such a weird concept. It It is weird. But I feel like in, it sounds to me like besides the Brave Little Toaster, like in general, you were really into cartoons as a kid. I, I was, because, well, especially like when I was growing up too, it was around that time when all the huge Disney movies came out. Like, yeah. you think about like, um, you know, I uh, know I think Sleeping Beauty was earlier, but like Mulan, um, Pocahontas, the Little Mer- the Little Mermaid was my shit. The Little Mermaid has been a lot of people's favorite that I've talked to. A well, lot of I- people like the Little Mermaid. I think the theme, you know, is like, you know, you, you give it all up to get the dick. But, um, but, uh, 
Um, no, no, no. It's like it's all about like you know going after what you want and not settling for less and da da da. And you know it's kind of like the the escapism. Um, but I was just also very gay. And not only did I love this movie, but I also decided. So quick backstory. My when when we were when I was five, we lived at my grandmother's house, like the house that my mother grew up in, because my parents were like a little broke and you know we're trying to like save up money for a house. And my grandmother was like, yeah, crash with me. I've got plenty of room, no problem. Um, so it was also that time where I had to enroll in kindergarten and my grandmother was like, I'm going to pay for Corey to go to the private school that, you know, my mom went to just for a year, just to try it out, see if he likes it. And um, they sent me to a Catholic school, which recipe for disaster. And I just like, I didn't have any friends and I would fight with these girls because we'd fight over like the doll. We wanted to play with it um, playtime. Um, and everyone hated me too, because I was the only kid who could read. So the teacher would make me read at story time because I just wanted to get out like, uh, or something. Yeah. Um, so I was not very popular, but at the end of the year, they had a talent show. And again, not having any friends, I didn't have like a group to like go up there with, but everyone had to perform. So like there, there were kids like, you know, they were like dancing and like, I, I remember uh, the act that preceded me was called the safety rap. The safety rap as in like. A not like the safety dance. Like rap. Yeah. It's, it's not, you can dance if you want to. It was like white kids being like. Look both ways before you cross this <laughs> Like, it wasn't good. You know that I rapped in high school, right? I do, and we won't go into your problematic rap name. No, uh, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so then I have to get up, and I decide, just because I'm as gay as the day is long, that I'm going to sing part of your world act. Because, of course, you were. <laughs> so five-year-old little Corey gets up there and... <laughs> I want to be where the people are. I want to see you want to see him dancing, walking around on those, what do you call them? Oh, feet. Like, I'm fully into this. And like, my mother and my grandmother in the audience, like, you go, girl. And like, my grandmother would always say to me, you know, for years and years, she was like, you know, Corey, all those girls in the front row, they were swooning. And it didn't occur to me until later in life that she was fucking with me. She was being like, uh, oh, she was like, as a joke. Oh, yeah. Oh. She had that very biting sense of humor, but I didn't pick up on it until I was like really an adult, like until I was probably like 25 and up, um, where I was like, oh, she's like giving me a hard time. Touche, Nana. Touche. Do you think at it that point like they the were like... I, I tried to hit the high note at the end of the song, you know, where she's like, um, up where they walk, up where they run. Like, I, I was going full, like, a five-year-old, I can only imagine that it was just like a little mouse squeak. No, like I, I had a voice, okay. My dad's sister, who wouldn't let the dentist close the gap in her teeth because she wanted to be able to whistle through it. Oh, like I some sounded, like, Freddie I could Mercury thing. Yeah, okay, okay. I just think it's like comical <laughs> that you are like that into it at such a young age. But also then I see kids now who are like that obsessed with like, oh God, like friggin' Paw Patrol. I have a friend whose kid is like four and is obsessed with Paw Patrol and like sings the songs. And I'm like, oh, if he was able to sing, he'd pick a song from that. Like, I get it. Well, the but kid I was going to say The Little Mermaid was like so, that was probably like the most popular Disney movie, I feel like, in our generation at that time, it feels like. 
I think I think it had everything, right? It had the escapism, it had the love story. And I think the songs were like relatable for everybody, you know what I mean? Like I thought that it was very accessible just from like a, you know, media critique standpoint. Yeah. Know, and as an adult. Um you know, but I think, I think we were all, you know, it was pretty colors and look, they're under the water and there's like magic and there's a fat lady with tentacles for some reason. <laughs> I do have to say, looking back on it though, my best friend at the time was obsessed with Pocahontas. And now I question like some of the outfits her mother let her wear for Halloween, you know? Oh no. Yeah, those, those are, um, those are coming up these days, aren't they? It's, um, and, yeah, it wasn't good. And I also think that she, like, claimed that she was Native American, but, like, she didn't have any, like, ancestral proof. Like, there was no 23andMe back then. Like, if you were doing genealogy, you had to go to the library, okay? Oh, so she was Elizabeth Warning before Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if she's listening, which she's definitely not, you know who you are. You know what you did. You know what you did. <laughs> Oh, man. I do feel like the era that we grew up in, though, there were so many good, like, cartoons on TV, too, though. Like, there, and there were some really weird ones. Well, we, so we grew up with, like, the Dogs and the Hey Arnold and the Rugrats, but there was also, like, Ah Real, Monster, Real Monsters. Which Ren was always a little traumatizing. Ren and Stimpy, which was, like, kind of traumatizing. Okay, so I wasn't allowed to watch Ren and Stimpy, and I won't repeat why, because the word choice my mother used at the time was a little problematic. Um, but she was like, it'll make you stupid. Well, it definitely was one of those shows that... I think it was just, like, a cartoon that was on, so we were allowed to watch it. But, like, looking back on it, it's kind of like Rocco's Modern Life, where there's, like, some underlying adult themes... Oh, like when he's on a sex hotline? Yes. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> but then there was also, like, shortly after that, there was the generation of, and I don't know if you watch these, but, like, the Angry Beavers and, like, Cat Dog. And, like, I loved Angry Beavers. Oh, my God. I love the Angry Beavers. Whenever anything dramatic would happen, I would always say, dun, 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 dramatic reverb. <laughs> I love them. They always just scream spood at each other for no reason. Now, I, I do have to ask, because you have multiple siblings, did your brothers, like, have similar cartoon? like, did you guys all watch the same stuff? I mean, for the most part, yeah, like, because we're, we're all three years apart each, so, like, I'm three years, then my brother, and then my other brother, so we kind of did it in order, um... But we always, like, watch cartoons together. We always had, like, this one. It used to be, we used to call it the playroom. It was, like, this room where we had, like, a TV and, like, our video games. We'd always watch, like, cartoons on weekend mornings. And then we demolished it to put up a deck instead. Um, you Sounds know. Sounds very Framingham. Yeah, it was, you know, it was it was a good choice because we ended up having a deck on the back of the house we could sit on. It was yeah. Nice. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, we'd watch, like, this these cartoons. And, like, I, you know, I would always have, like, convulsions if I wasn't home for them. Like, my dad wanted me to take hockey lessons as a kid, and I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, so finally, like, halfway through lesson, I'd be like, I'm missing the Rugrats. Can we go? Oh, my God, the Rugrats. I loved the Rugrats. Oh, Angelica Pickles is such a queen. Oh, my God. I just can't... Um... I could never get into what was that spinoff show they had that like teen oh, all grown up yeah that was yeah weird. it was weird because they had their like baby heads on these like tall lanky bodies kind of it was yeah, just Tommy like weird and purple hair and it was a lot it was weird I that was definitely not good but I was a massive fan of Rugrats Phil and Lil oh I was trying to get somebody to do that as a costume with me in high school I could never make it happen though 
we actually had that when I when I used to host Dirty Water late night. Um, Caitlin and Sammy came as Bill and Lil. That's right. Year. That's right. Yeah. It's a cute costume if you can pull it off. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it seems to me like you and your brothers are probably, like, in the realm of watching the same programming. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I was born in 89, and then my brothers were born in 92 and 95. So, like, we were all kind of part of that era, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, Corey. I feel like we have other things we could talk about, but I also don't want to, like, keep you on here blabbering if you don't have anything else you want to talk about oh i can blabber all kinds of stuff i am um, i used to love dexter's laboratory too that was oh my god favorite there are so many um and like the powder puff girls power puff power puff power puff oh my god i am slow tonight people buttercup was awesome she had no fucks to give she was the blonde right no blossom was the redhead bubbles was the blonde and buttercup was the one with the dark hair and she was the one who was like the angry one who like beat people up. I think that there is a TikTok sound that's her. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. But I can't, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure there is one. But okay. all of those cartoons, I mean, like, was there one that you think was underrated? Ooh, that's a good question. Um... I feel like they weren't super underrated because I felt like they all fell under that umbrella of like the 90s cartoon like dynasty because there was like such good cartoons back then and you talk to people who are our age and they're like those were amazing you know what I mean like and they all lasted for so many seasons you know what I mean it's not like they were like one and done canceled after one season really oh you know what was underrated that I loved and this is gonna out me as like a weird like kid who used to go to Hot Topic for merch when I was in middle school we all did that it's fine Invader Zim. Ah, I remember this because I think when I originally started the podcast, like a long time ago, not that long ago, but like long enough, over the summer, I posted asking what people were into and you and Kendra Dossie both said Invader Zim. And I was like, I don't understand the appeal of this show. It was just, it was so absurd and so weird and so funny. Like the opening is like, so the, there's this planet and the their whole thing is that they go and they invade other planets. They're trying to take over the galaxy. Okay. And there's this one guy and he's like, he thinks he's macho and great and he's just an idiot. And they send him to earth to just get rid of him. They're like, yeah, you can deal with that planet. Good luck. And they give him, they were, they were supposed to give all the aliens to the conqueror aliens, like these smart robots that are supposed to help them. But they give him a busted one that says stupid things. Oh. And literally the first episode for like three minutes, it just goes, I'm going to sing the doom song and sings the word doom over and over and over. And when I was 12, I thought it was just like the height of comedy. Um, and it lasted, I think, like three seasons and it got canceled um, because like some, a lot of kids thought it was scary. And there it was, cause like, you know, there was an episode where they got turned into baloney and there was another episode where like, I think someone died. And then um, there was one where he got sick off of waffles. It just seems like maybe if that show had come a couple years later then, then maybe it would have, because, like, the audience may have grown into it. Yeah, I don't want to say it was before its time, because that makes it sound like it was, like, some kind of, like, masterpiece. Which, but, like, right. let's, let's call it what it is. But, you know, I, I think you're right. Where if it had come a few years later, like, it might have hit a little differently. Um, but it was just, like, it was so absurd, and it just made you giggle at stupid things. Like, um, you know, there were just, like, so many dumb moments where, like, the, the robot would, like, have a freak out, and you'd be like, oh, he said something dumb. He loves Mexican food. Ah. 
What? It would bring up Mexican food all the time. It'd be like taquitos, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, that's so random." I, for some reason, I thought that that show was animated by the same people that did Fairly Odd Parents. I don't know why I had that in Uh, my mind. I don't know why. Similarities. I mean, they could be the same studio. I don't know, but it's definitely the same creators. That so, whereas Invader Zim was like the scary, funny show. Like Fairly Odd Parents was the one that was like cute and like. That I think that was the one. It held on, it held on longer because it had a more universal audience, yeah. and that one, it was just so funny too because like you just loved like the it was very quick like fast paced and the jokes were very like succinct and like all Timmy had to do was say he got like weird stuff he wished for off the internet and you'd be like <laughs> he's on the internet yeah yeah so uh, I I'm gonna ask this and and I don't want you to be embarrassed if you give me an answer but you have to still be into cartoons at this point in your life right I'm like watch them. Are there like shows that you, I don't know, like I'm trying to think when I was a kid, when I was like in my, I was definitely too old to be watching Roly Poly Oly, <laughs> is what I'm getting at. <laughs> that just happened. Like Roly, okay, I didn't watch it all the time, but like that was a cart, that was like an animated TV show on Disney. And if it was on, my old, 13 year old ass would watch it like i it was meant for like children children you know you know i don't think there's anything wrong with like just turning off your brain a little bit and like watching something a little below your reading level if you will yeah it's a nice i think mental vacation like i i you know i don't watch cartoons with much regularity anymore but every now and then if like i think of something and it comes up on hulu like i i've rewatched invaders and been like oh that was fun like that was like a fun little trip down memory lane yeah stuff like that um but you know I, I i think there's just something so inherently just like calming and like nostalgic and you know for 20 minutes you can be like oh that was like a nice remembrance yeah and i think our generation if i'm wrong tell me but i feel like a lot of people in our generation are going back to those nostalgic things because it's like oh well i can't afford a home so i'm just gonna like yeah i mean watch my shows yeah i mean you know because you know you can get netflix for ten dollars eleven dollars twelve dollars whatever it is a month and you know home's a little pricier so i get it yeah yeah I, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I think Tyler Derniak was trying to stream Rocco's Modern Life, like, on a weekly basis, and I was like, I think you're only going to get a few people to follow along with this specific nostalgia trip, but okay. Well, did he? I need to know. I think we watched it a few times, but... Well, did you see they made a Rocco's Modern Life movie? It was like a yes. modern movie, and the whole plot was about how the big head son then became trans is now their daughter. Yes, and... I was disappointed by that movie. I wanted like, I wanted more to happen. I wanted there to be more. I was so we excited. Only like 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I thought it was a nice story and it was it was fun revisiting them. The, the way it started, I thought was weird where they've just been like trapped in space for how long? Yes, yeah. Um, okay, so as far as cartoons go, I'm gonna wrap up in a minute here, but as far as cartoons go, do you think there were any that you've watched that are like inherently bad that you think should have been canceled before they were canceled? Oh, what have I hated? There has to be something like that it came on and you were like, no, I can't, I can't watch this. Oh, that's a good question. I haven't thought of that. I am um, not in a million years anyway. Like I used to hate the Disney Channel and I couldn't watch it. Like it just made me angry. Oh, you know what? 
made me nuts that I couldn't deal with when it came on. I used to love Kablam. Remember Kablam? Yes. And it had like all the different sketches and like the cartoon hosts. But they had that one sketch, that Prometheus and Bob sketch, where they had like the alien and the caveman and like oh, yeah. words. Was that the one where they were like action figures? Or they were like claymation or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like okay. they, they never said words, so it was all just in like their expressions, but they weren't like technically animated, so it just never came across. Yeah. I get that. Whereas Action League now was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thunder Girl, I really identify with Thunder Girl. She made up a theme song for herself. That's Thunder so Girl, funny. flying like thunder. Well, there's must wonder what it's like to be me. Oh, God. For me, I think the worst one that I would have canceled is Johnny Bravo. I love that because it was so absurd. I just thought it was like... Hey, mama hack you know i don't know it was so dumb but it was just like you knew what you were getting when you turned it on you yeah just, oh this is gonna be dumb for 11 minutes and we're good yeah oh you know what else i loved not to extend this anymore spongebob and that oh of- my god spongebob squarepants was like one of my all-time favorite shows as a kid and this is gonna tell you how bougie of a childhood i had my parents had a ski house i was waiting for you to like spit your drink out um they had a small ski house in we had a ski house in vermont and we had family friends that came up and visited and my friend at the time her name was alana we were so obsessed with spongebob that the entire weekend that they visited we just kept singing the the fun song the f is for friends F is for friends who do stuff together. U, U is, is for, for you and me. And is for any time and anywhere at all down here in the deep blue sea. And then F is for fire that burns them yeah, the whole time. U is for song. uranium. And my dad, by the end of the weekend, was like, turn something else on. Stop singing freaking Spongebob. Like, he hated Spongebob solely because that we did not stop singing that song for, like, three days my favorite spongebob ever and you're you're probably noticing a theme but squidward was always my guy because i just i always felt like i identified with him because he's kind of like the older brother that has to deal with everyone's bullshit and i'm like same um but the band geeks episode where he has to get like the band together to prove something to squilliam fancyson and (laughs) they're doing the band practice and he's trying to lean it he's like does anyone have any questions and patrick's like is mayonnaise an instrument (laughs) No, Patrick, mayonnaise is not an instrument. Patrick raises his hand again, and before he can say, Squidward has to say, horseradish is not an instrument either. And <laughs> Is that the episode where they, they perform under the bubble? Yeah, yeah, sweet victory. Yes, that was... SpongeBob has to be one of the longest-running cartoons, because I think it's still... It's still going, yeah. It's definitely still yeah. going, but actually The Simpsons is the longest running because they yeah. came in 1989 and they're still going. I guess I mean for like more geared towards like children. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Corey, it's been so nice having you on. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, yeah, find me on Instagram and Twitter at Saunders, E-C-O-R-E-Y-S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S. Follow me and you can learn about the... In- same things that happen to me on a daily basis. Lots of hot takes and weird takes. Yeah, like when I meet serial killer children at the grocery store, or my mother sends me a Facebook post that she composed with her boob. Yes. 
Well, guys, you've been listening to another episode of the Gimme Podcast. As I say, every week you can find us wherever you found us, but most likely on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Apple, we're on Pandora. Does anybody still use Pandora? Um, mm-hmm. Or YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review and you let me know via our Instagram, um, I'll send you some free merch. So have a great week, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.